Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What's good, my friends? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate rolling on until... 7 o'clock, 6.30 p.m. today. It is fantastic to uh, have you guys with us. We could not do it without you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, guys, so uh, each of the last 10 years, I have done what I'm about to do with you right now. Okay, each of the last 10 years that has happened. Um, And here's what it is. And, you know, guys, like, we're all nerds about something, right? Like, when you're a kid, being a nerd is a bad thing. No kid wants to be a nerd. No cute girl in your class wants to date a nerd. But then when you get to be 30 years of age or so, it's like chicks look at being nerdy. Like they, they associate nerdiness with success, right? They do. So, to me, my friends, um, this is a really interesting stat. It's a real interesting stat. Eight of the last 10 years, okay, eight of the last 10 years, my friends, um, the Super Bowl winner has been the team that, to me, has the greatest number of players inside the top 10. Okay, so which team has most of the top 10 players playing in the game? That has predicted eight of the last 10 Super Bowl champions. How about that? I will share that with you momentarily, but first we go to the phones and a rarity, a Gamecock fan calling in to give Clemson credit. J.D., what's good, man? Hey, Mark Diesel, thank you for taking my call. Sorry to uh, interrupt your Super Bowl talk there. I certainly didn't mean to do that. Sure, man. Um, but, uh, man, Clemson last night, I'll tell you, they, they shocked me. And don't get me wrong, I'm Gamecock to the bone through and through, but I'm comfortable enough, com- comfortable enough to say that, um, man, that la- that win last night, it impressed me. Um, I, when the guy got fouled and they called it out of bounds on Clemson and they came back and tied the game, I thought for sure Clemson was going to crumble. Now, and, uh, J.D., I, I got I to do this to you. We love you here. That's fine. We, we love you here, but you yourself on this show – said these words i will not give clemson any credit you said you would not give clemson any credit yet you're calling it to give clemson some credit uh what what, what kind of well, sauce have you put on that on that crow is it is it a butter sauce is it barbecue sauce what, what are you eating today 
Uh, no, I have sweet and spicy nachos. So, I mean, yeah, maybe my mouth is just on fire a little bit. Oh, hey, JD, JD, I'm doing this elimination I mean, I, diet, man. I, I, You're hey, killing don't me. Get me wrong. You're killing me. Don't get me wrong, guys. I was rooting for him to lose. Trust me, I was with Angela the whole way on this. I wanted UNC to beat him. So that's why I wanted to call and give him credit because, you know, everybody wanted to say the wheels had come off for him. And trust me, I think Brown Al should have been fired also. I'm, but to, to me, the win last night, it was impressive. I mean, now they can hold one over our head. They beat the number three team. We beat the number five and the number six team. So now they're, oh, we're better. We beat the number three team. So it, don't, don't come at me. Don't make me a liar on your, on your show, guys. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was football. I will not give Clemson football any credit. Hey, J.D., great call, man. Thanks, for, thanks so much for ringing us up, and uh, good to hear from you. J.D. in Simpsonville. Uh, with the call. Look, Gus, is that so hard? How come both sides of the rivalry? I mean, Diesel, Gamecocks, the Gamecocks earned a point there. They earned a point because that is so rare, so rare. You know, every once in a while, just to Josh with you guys, Diesel and I will do, do a topic where you have to say something nice about your rival, okay? And, like, most of you guys can't even do that. You know, most of you guys, most of you guys can f- just fail at the simple instruction of say, so, saying something nice about your rival. You'll say something like, um, Clemson cheerleaders aren't that ugly. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not something nice. How about, you know, let's, let's shoot straight for a minute. You are a Gamecock fan. I am incredibly envious of Clemson's success. They have set the bar in this state. We wish we were. Clemson with their level of success. If you were being truthful, that's what you would say. How about Clemson? What could they say nice about South Carolina? Actually, there is nothing nice they could say about South Carolina. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, a Clemson fan could say, you know what? I wish we could have the multi-sport success that Ray Tanner has prioritized and attained and achieved. From baseball to women's basketball, they have brought national acclaim and national attention to Columbia, South Carolina, to Kalina in sports other than football. Look, guys, that's not hard. It's reality. It's truth, right? So a point, a point to JD and a point to the Gamecocks for you know for doing something that neither side really is wont to do historically and consistently. It doesn't make any sense to me, man. Uh, let's check and see what you guys are saying on the text line right now. Texter says Dabo and Brownell are both having great years, both four and four in the ACC. That's funny, Texter. Dabo was four and four. Brownell was five and six. Cameron Boyles is the best player on the Gamecocks, and he had mono and missed the first half of the season. And look at them now. They find ways. Carolina Clemson is the new Duke, North Carolina. Now, we know, Texter, that that isn't true, but it is pretty doggone cool, isn't it? When a team from South Carolina, the state that I feel like North Carolinians thumb their nose at, okay, why is it that our our football first state is, in my opinion, better than their two blue bloods? Why is that? What is what is Duke ranked right now, by the way? Let's let's see this. Um, Duke is ranked ninth. Darn it. They're still a little bit ahead of South Carolina. Diesel, I'm going to look forward to the tweet 
if Duke loses a couple more and South Carolina keeps winning, where we get to say, hmm, South Carolina ranked higher than Duke. Clemson beat North Carolina. The Palmetto State has got their flex going right now, man. I'm going to look forward to that. I really am. That's pretty cool. Guys, uh, so this stat, like I said, okay, the uh, the last 10 years, eight of the last 10 years, the uh, the team that won the Super Bowl had a majority of my top 10 players playing in the actual game. So what do you say I tell you who those top 10 players are? What do you say? Here we go. My top 10 players playing in the Super Bowl, without further ado, number 10, Debo Samuel. This was hard for me, man. This was this was brutally difficult for me because there were a lot of noteworthy players that I had to omit. Like, there's too many good players on these teams to, to knock any out. I'll give you an example. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs have one of pro football focuses highest graded cornerbacks in the entire in the entire NFL. They have not one but two, Legarius Sneed and Trent McDuffie. Trent McDuffie is the guy that is certifiably elite. Didn't make my top 10. Um I asked an NFL expert today. I said, "Man, am I certifiably insane for putting Debo ahead of this guy because this guy has better stats?" And he goes, no, man, I just did that. I just did what you just asked me. And I said, oh, I feel much better about it now. Guys, number 10 is Debo Samuel. Just missing the cut for me were Trent McDuffie and Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk from San Francisco had 1,300 receiving yards this year. So I got Debo Samuel, number 10, who had 890, 200-plus rushing yards. Uh, I've got Brock Purdy, number 9. If you don't have Brock Purdy in your top 10, you're being Cam Newton. You're being blinded by bias. You're one of those people that if you get something for free, you never value it. You get Brock Purdy in the last pick in the draft, you never value him. He's a huge part of the reason why they're here. I have got George Kittle, San Francisco's tight end, number eight on the list. George Kittle was the only tight end in the NFL. Uh, The ladies out there saying he does have a tight end. He was the only tight end this year to go over 1,000 yards in receiving. He did that. I've got him number eight. I've got Nick Bosa, 49ers defensive end, number seven. Dude is an absolute juggernaut, a beast, has a pro football focus grade for the season over 90 that level of grade is reserved for the elite of the elite of the elite. I've got Chris Jones, defensive tackle, defensive tackle, and uh, defensive lineman for the Chiefs, number six. That guy is a mammoth. He is a beast. He is largely unblockable. He, uh, you know, you watch him play and you you pray. He requires a constant double team that opens things up for the rest of the of uh, the. Kansas City's defensive line, guys like George Karlaftis, has had a really good year. It's because of the attention Chris Jones gets. Number five for me, the highest-graded linebacker in the NFL, Fred Warner. He is the defensive octopus of the 49ers. That was the SB Nation's description. 
Um, like he can do anything asked of him. Okay, dude is an amoeba. Fred Warner, number five. Number four for me, I'll go with Travis Kelsey Swift. Um, Patrick Mahomes' security blanket. Patrick Mahomes' best weapon. Doesn't even matter. Doesn't have to be open. Catches everything, whether he's open or not. Many Travis Kelsey plays remind me of playing Tecmo Super Bowl and how unfair Jerry Rice was in that game. Even if he was covered, he caught it. You know, like a lot of other uh, players, if they're covered, you intercept the ball in that video game. Remember that, Tecmo Super Bowl? But Jerry Rice, single coverage, caught it every time. It's the same with Travis Kelsey. It's just the guy's insane with what he's able to do. He's had some unbelievable catches in this postseason. Number three, your importance to the game of football is in direct proportion to the distance you line up from the football when the ball is snapped. How about Trent Williams? Stud offensive tackle, absolute behemoth, absolute beast. All right. Um, The guy's just been dominant for years. He's 35 years old. He almost became a chief in 2021, and San Francisco managed to keep him. Number two, Christian McCaffrey. There is not a better running back in the NFL than CMC. Led the NFL in scrimmage yards 2023. Tied for the league league in total touchdowns 21. The ultimate weapon for Kyle Shanahan's system. And the Carolina Panthers did not even get a first-round pick for a young Christian McCaffrey coming into his prime. You have got to be kidding me. Got to be kidding me. You guys, of course, remember 2019 when CMC became the only the third player in NFL history, joining Marshall Falk, Marshall Falk and Roger Craig to have 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving in the same season. Could he become the first RB running back to win Super Bowl MVP since Terrell Davis did it in 1998? And, of course, number one, I've got Patrick Mahomes. Um, the sole, the the single player, the only player that has a chance to take out the all-time goat, best player of all time in NFL history. Um, the way he sees the field, his hunger, his desire to win. You know, like sometimes they say, folks, that money blunts motivation. It hasn't done that with Patrick at all. I love seeing how much he wants it, despite the fact that he already has it. He has the wife. He has the life. He has the cash. He's got the Super Bowls. And it's like the only thing that matters to him is the game he's about to play. I think that is freaking fantastic. I really, really do. All right, up next, is it National Signing Day or National Signing Dud? What can be done to bring some juice back to one of our favorite days in sports? It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate rolling on until 6.30 p.m. today where we will make way for Furman basketball. Guys, today is National Signing Day. Have you caught the fever? No? Not yet? You're not really feeling it? Not really feeling the love? More like National Couldn't Make Up Your Mind Day or National Held Out for a Better NIL Offer Day. This is National Signing Dud is what this is. Guys, this is incredible because every single year, you know, like when I first got here in 2019, right, been here five years, um, the feeling was, okay, the feeling was that, okay, well, they haven't gotten there. Like, it's the feeling isn't quite what it used to be, okay? But it was like 70% of what it used to be. I remember the signing day show the first year that I got here. Was a big deal. 2020, COVID, not a big deal. Did COVID kill National Signing Day forever? Because in 2021, it lost steam and lost momentum. 2022, lost steam, lost momentum. 2023, all the way, which brings us to this year, where I bet half you guys hearing this right now are saying to yourselves, oh, yeah, it's National Signing Day. Well, the reality is, guys, signing day, the early signing period, should not be in December. This should not be clogging our pipes in between the end of the season and the college football playoff. The transfer portal should not be open between the end of the season and the playoff. Okay, Coaches should not be free to leave between the end of the season and the playoff. Everything that is going to happen in college football should happen right now. And that is how we bring, we bring vitality back to so much of this sport that has gone the way of the dodo bird, man. Coaches, you're under contract. You can't leave until February. We're closing the door on that. Transfer portal, it's not open until February, okay? You know what that would do, Diesel? It would elongate the season. Instead of just us being bombarded with different stuff here and there while we're tr- teams are trying to focus on bowl games, okay? No, no, no. This happens in February. Now we have content during, other, during an otherwise quiet period of time, and you got coaches honoring their commitment to their players, players honoring their commitment to their team, you have National Signing Day for all right now, which is when it should be, okay? This is when it should be. That's how you bring juice back to today. I bet you didn't even realize today was National Signing Day, did you? I could almost guarantee you had no idea today was National Signing Day. Top 10 classes. Who is doling out the bucks in name, image, and likeness? Are you ready? Georgia number one, Alabama two, Oregon three. Oregon is an obvious one, aren't they? Like Oregon number three. Who has NIL benefited the most? Oregon. It's guys, it's just it's too obvious. 
Who else has NIL benefited the most? Oh, Miami. They're number four. Miami is number four. Oh, I wonder how that is. South Beach money, South Beach business connections, fourth best recruiting class in America. Ohio State is number five. A lot of money there. Texas, the most well-endowed financially athletic program in the company. LSU, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, and Auburn. Round out your top 10 with Clemson coming in at number 11. Florida was top five for a very long time and slid all the way down to number 14. Why? Guys, Florida's got a lot of prominent alumni. I I won't put myself in that class, but they got a lot of prominent alumni. But Gainesville, Florida is a tiny college town. A lot of these schools that are doing well have money funneling into them directly from their college town or from one or two big-name boosters in and around their city. So uh, the Gamecocks finish today number 22. Florida finishes number 14. Florida State is number 12. Again, Tallahassee, not a big city, you know, um, not tied to that in any way, shape, or form. Guys, you all you need to do is look at the rankings and you see who's throwing out the big bucks in NIL, okay? Paying players, inducing players to come to school, which, as you know, was not at all what name, image, and likeness was designed to be. I'm so glad that we replaced this corrupt system where player, players were being induced to come to a school under the table with a system where players are being induced to come to a school and you don't have to declare who's giving you money or how much they're giving you, which is the definition of under the table. So NIL fixed absolutely nothing other than the fact that these guys are getting paid, which I believe rightfully so. They should be getting paid. They are performing a job. They should get paid for that job. But if anybody had this grand idea that NIL was going to pull all of the shady business deals and the $500 handshakes out from the darkness and bring it into the light, it's failed. Well, the other thing is, you know, I heard from a number of you guys that said, well, Mark, this is the same thing that they always did. They always paid players. Now it's just out in the open. There's a lot of proof that that isn't the case. I'm not going to say there wasn't some cheating going on. But, guys, the recruiting is totally different right now. You know, like, do you think coaches are leaving because things right now are the same that they always were? No, they're leaving right now because things are different. You know, they've got to re-recruit. Everyone's trying to stick their hand in the bag. You ha- This was really hush-hush in the past. Now it's out in the open. Now Oregon has the third-best class in America. Miami has the fourth-best class in America. Why? It's not based on on on-field performance. Miami's not even ranked. Oregon lost to Washington twice. Okay? It's all about who has the biggest boosters. Who's got the most money? Who's got the billionaire that's going to buy all the players? And so long as this is the case, college football is going to lose popularity. It is. Guys, it is. There are serious cracks in the foundation. We love the product. We love how it makes us feel. We love supporting our team. I think Clemson is one of the places where, you know, the purity of the sport is still felt the most. Okay. 
Whatever purity is left, you can find some of that at Clemson. But uh, this is really a money grab. And you heard it from none other than Lane Kiffin, who said 100% of recruits these days, 100%, the first thing they ask is, what is my NIL going to look like here? 100%. We had a high school player of the week on the air. I wish I could remember his name here on the Fan Upstate, who said, NIL, what I'm getting offered, is going to be a big part in my recruitment. It is what it is what it is, man. Do you guys have any ideas to bring the juice back to National Signing Day? Any, any ideas to bring the buzz back to get it to be what it once was? Wolverine Joe wants to know where Michigan is ranked. Not bad. Number 16, considering that uh, Jim Harbaugh walked away. What are your ideas to bring back the juice you have heard mine. Texter says Mark Clemson will fail because Dabo hates the portal. What is the ceiling for Clemson without use of the portal? What do you say? Uh, let's see here. Mark, a uh, texter says, like, you just ranked him over Debo. Nobody else thinks that. Okay, texter. So, you, so what you're saying is no one else thinks that Brock Purdy is more valuable than Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel can enhance his value tremendously by having the best ability, which is availability. He hasn't done a great job of that. If you want to know who is more valuable, okay, Brock Purdy or Debo Samuel, I'll point you to the money that they make when Brock Purdy gets his deal because Debo Samuel just got his deal. I want to say Debo's making, what, mid-20s? $25 million, $23 million a year? Off the top of my head, if you don't think he's more valuable, Brock Purdy, than Debo Samuel, let's wait to see what his contract looks like. Luke Easterling, Athlon Sports, will join us next to talk Super Bowl. Why is conventional wisdom pointing towards the Chiefs when the odds makers say the 49ers? Close. That's next here on Offsides. We are the Fan Upstate. Yeah, guys, I continue to go against the grain here a little bit because, you know, whereas Vegas says, Las Vegas says San Francisco's the favorite narrowly, the consensus is that the Chiefs win this game. Well, they weren't great in the regular season, quite honestly, right? They, they, they really weren't, you know? And as you, when you, as you look at this team and over the course of the season, they have been finding themselves, finding their way over the course of the season has Kansas City. But, you know, there was there was a time uh, over the course of this season in which they were 8-5, and five, in which they were 9-6. and six. That's not the mark of a great team. San Francisco, to me, undoubtedly has superior talent. The question is, can perhaps the worst iteration of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes still get it done at the highest level? We bring in our good friend, Luke Easterling, as a football guy for Athlon Sports, and he joins us right now on Offsides, the fan upstate. Luke, always appreciate the time, buddy. Is it accurate, as I have said, Luke, to say San Francisco is a significantly more talented team? I, I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's incorrect from top to bottom. I think that it's just going to come down to the most important position, and 
I, I will bet against Patrick Mahomes when he proves <laughs> that I should uh, when he's not facing Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So uh, until, until Brock Purdy can beat Patrick Mahomes, um, I'll, I'm probably going to have to side with, uh, with number 15. But I agree from top to bottom, roster-wise, I, I can't argue with that. Luke Easterling joining us here on Offsides, the, the fan upstate. Um, so it sounds like you're picking Kansas City. Luke, what does the game come down to in your mind? I mean, it comes down to the, the four or five moments in a game, whether it's a you know, third and 14 scramble where you know, Bosa gets his hands on Mahomes, but he doesn't bring him down, and he, he breaks contain, and they're in man coverage, so everybody's got their backs turned, and he runs for a, a back-breaking first down to either you know, extend a drive that shouldn't be or to, to take more time off the clock late in the game if they're leading. And, and I put it on Steve Spagnuolo and that Chiefs defense. I, you know, I mean, they – they have really been, outside of Patrick Mahomes, they have been the biggest reason why this team is still alive. Uh, and if you look at the talent they have, not just on paper, but how well Spags kind of deploys them and, and just how much experience he has in these big games and, and knowing how to game plan specifically, I think that's probably the best matchup I'm looking forward to is, is between him and Shanahan and how they're going to scheme this game. Um, that should be fun. But I really think it is going to come down to those few moments where Patrick Mahomes does something otherworldly and I count on that that defense and, and Spagnuolo's experience going up against a, a quarterback in Brock Purdy, who, again, is sensational, but he hasn't had to do it in this moment against that type of experience in terms of a coordinator and the scheme and the talent he has on defense. That's, that's what gives me the most concern for the 49ers. Luke Easterling, Athlon Sports. Luke, I understand you are not in Las Vegas right now, but have you ever spent time in Las Vegas? Never once. Never once. I've never been. Is there something, uh, you know, the, all the touristy spots that, that just from afar blows your mind and you're like, when I go to Vegas, this is what I've got to go see? I mean, the, the biggest thing right now is the, the, the sphere thing. That feels like if I looked at it in real life, it would seem as, as fictional as it does on, on the screen when I see other people, like, posting videos. So, so that, that, that would probably be very interesting to see. So, Luke, number one, I have been. You're not missing much. Okay. I didn't think so. Okay. Number two, this sphere thing, there's some breaking news going on with this right now. There is a person on top of the sphere <laughs> in Las Vegas. They don't know it's how he me. got. It's not me. It's, I, can tell I, you. I, I think it is you. We can confirm it is Luke Easterling. No, no, no one knows how he got up there and no one knows how he's going to get off. But like, dude, like I imagine that would be wildly uncomfortable to be on top of a sphere where every step you take is kind of going downhill in in a certain direction. This is uh, a person is on the sphere in Las Vegas right now, which is uh, none too uh, none too comfortable. Luke Easterling joining us here on the show. Uh, Luke, you nailed Lamar Jackson. That is your pin tweet. It has always been your pin tweet. You said in 2018 you'd take him number one. Great call. Um, you and I both were very high on Justin Fields. I'm not so sure we were right on that one, although I'm not ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater just yet. You're the Chicago Bears. You've got the number one pick. What do you do? I think, I think there's a couple factors at play here that, that have not necessarily anything to do with what Justin Fields has or hasn't done. And I think part of it, so many variables come into play in these conversations, right? especially at the quarterback position, the, the coaching, the supporting cast, all of the things that have kind of conspired to make, to make it as hard as possible for Justin Fields to be the best version of himself uh, in Chicago. And I don't think many people would argue that he's had a rough time of it. 
And it, that's why it's a hard evaluation to make at this point. Um, but if you're the Chicago Bears right now, the decision you have to make is, is for, you know, the, the foreseeable future of your franchise. What allows you the best chance to build a, a winning franchise? And I think what, what Brian Poles, the GM, will probably look at is say, you know, can Justin Fields hit his ceiling, you know, in the next year or two if we, put, if we continue to put things around him and continue to give him a coaching staff? That, that can that can bring the best out in him maybe maybe that happens but you're gonna have to find that out real quick before he needs a new contract right he's, he's only got the one the one year and then the fifth year option if they want it or you start over at quarterback with the number one overall pick assuming it's a Caleb Williams but there's a couple other guys who are worthy of consideration as well Drake May and Jaden Daniels I think are both worthy of that um, but but when you have that conversation you're talking about resetting not just with a talented quarterback but also resetting the contract and resetting on a new rookie deal that you're going to have for the next four to five years at a, at a much more um, economical rate to allow you to continue to build around that guy. And you can trade Justin Fields for, you know, a, a, I don't know if they'd be able to get a first round pick for him, probably more like a, a second rounder or maybe another second down the road. Um, but you're getting additional picks. You're building around him. Um, it, it, that's really what it comes down to for me. It's organizationally, it's not just about just Justin Fields and what he can do and what he has been or hasn't been. It's from right now, do we have an opportunity to get a special player and say it's Caleb Williams at quarterback, reset the clock on the game, on, on the rookie contract at quarterback, deal Justin Fields for additional picks and then build around that guy. And I think that's part of why I, I would lean in the direction of, of them doing that just because from a financial perspective, it, it makes a little more sense. He is Luke Easterling. He may or may not be notable. Those are his words, not mine. A football guy for Athlon Sports. We had uh, new Panthers coach Dave Canales on with us in the last hour. He's an energetic guy, a positive guy, maybe hired mostly because of the job he did fixing Baker Mayfield. How much faith in him do you have to repeat that success with Bryce Young? Yeah, I have that line in my Twitter bio because that's when Elon Musk couldn't make up his mind what our verified accounts should be like made for so at some point if you clicked on like the little blue check it would be like this person may or may not be notable that's literally what it said like we don't know we don't know if they're important or not so i think it applies um but yeah i mean dave canales one year here it it, it was clear from the get-go he's a he's a very magnetic coach very high energy guy which obviously everybody that worked with him for a decade in seattle said that um but there you know you don't accidentally go from being a, a position coach and an assistant for 10 years uh, to being a play caller for one year to being a head coach in the NFL, unless, unless you've got something special that you're working with. And so what Canales was able to do is, is, is build confidence in the guys around him in, in his offense. He was able to do enough to, to take an offense that, I mean, to be honest, that Tom Brady's last season in Tampa Bay was excruciating to watch from an offensive standpoint. They went from averaging 30, 30 points a game for two years to averaging 18 points a game because they just did not innovate. They did not adjust. They did not figure how, how to change anything when they had injuries on the offensive line. When they had a great offensive line, they were humming. When things got, got tough in the trenches and they couldn't, couldn't protect, they didn't change anything. And so I think the, the biggest thing Dave Canales did on the field in terms of the X's and O's was play to the strength of his players and be able to adjust early in the season. They, they started out hot. And then they had they lost six of seven, and, and you could really tell that he was a rookie play caller. He was really going through it, trying to figure out what was going to work and what didn't. 
but he was willing to change things up. He was willing to try out different things. And, and I think when you saw the way they played down the stretch, that had a lot to do with the fact that, that he's now in Carolina. And I think Bucks fans aren't happy about it. Um, but when you look at the relationship he had with Dan Morgan, who's the new GM in Carolina, um, Dan Morgan was on the scouting side in Seattle for, for that entire time uh, that Dave Canales was in Seattle coaching with, with Pete Carroll. And so obviously there's a relationship there. And Dan Morgan said, hey, that's the guy I want. Um, so obviously I wish him well. I hate that he's gone. I hate that he's staying in the division. They're going to make life a little harder for the Bucks. Um, but again, just as a person and, a, and as a coach, it doesn't really surprise me that he's made such a quick rise because uh, he's a special guy once you get around him. Uh, Luke, mining another little nugget off of your Twitter page, your header photo are those little micro <laughs> mini football helmets. Now, if you happen to be a huge fan of those things, you need to reach out to one of our regular guests and friends, Kelly Ford, analytics guy, because he claims to have one of the largest collections in the country of those Rydell mini helmets. And maybe you, t- you two you guys could do a little uh, swip swap back and forth. That is glorious. I do still have quite a few, and I have some that are unopened that I just like to keep unopened because it's fun to have them. But uh, one, one day I'll have a machine. Like I want an actual like old gumball machine full of, full of the unopened one. That's, that's a bucket lifter. That's incredible. I'd love to have that. You know, and they could fit those in the little plastic containers. There was there was a joy that I think has been lost about the old school gumball machines, man. That, yeah, man, were... you're walking out, you're walking out of Walmart. It's like right there on your way out after you cash out the register. All you need is a quarter, and your day is made. And the best part is for mom and dad, they could get good behavior from you for the entirety 100%. of the time you were in the store, just by letting you know that if you behave. We'll get you this on the way out. Yeah. Right? You might be going home with a New York Jets helmet. Worth it. That's right. Hey, uh, Luke, I'm going to give you these four teams. You tell me who is next to get over the hump. Buffalo, Cincinnati, Dallas, or Detroit. All right? Who gets over the proverbial hump? What do we define as the hump? I'll let you make the determination there. I really think it's Detroit. I think they're the closest, and I think they're ascending at the right time. I think Buffalo, unfortunately, might be coming down the other side of the hill. If you look at their salary cap situation, I feel like this year was their best shot, and it just doesn't look good from a cap standpoint moving forward. Uh, I really doubt that they're going to be able to keep enough of that core together to, to make the most of what's left of that window. Cincinnati, probably the second, probably the closest to, to Detroit. I feel like I got a lot of faith in Joe Burrow. Free agency is going to be interesting for them, how much they're going to be able to keep around him. Can they upgrade the offensive line enough? Can they reload those pass catchers? Because they're about to lose everybody but Jamar Chase, basically. Um, and then the defensive front, you know, they've got some they've got some talent in the back seven, but that defensive front, uh, depending on how free agency goes, is going to need some 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 reloading as well. But I have some faith in them. I have some faith in Zach Taylor, but really it's it's about Joe Burrow and 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 his ability to elevate the rest of that offense and the rest of that team. But I think I think Detroit after another offseason, what Brad Holmes has done with, with his picks and their resources, what Dan Campbell has done to, to change that culture, um, and I feel like the talent they're building and, and the, the identity, the clear identity that they have in that building right now, and I feel like they're, they're only on the way up, and they, they got so close this year uh, with a lot more room to grow. That's the team that I'm most confident in being able to get over the hump because I feel like, again, they're, they're still moving in the right direction, and they've got a lot of room to improve. Luke, you brought him up. Uh, I assume that means you're a fan of the Jets. Uh, what are you thinking about Aaron Rodgers and his return? Are Jets fans still excited about having Aaron Rodgers? Is everything that's gone gone on over the past six to eight months and his 
very publicized beef with late night talk show hosts. Is that kind of uh, taking the shine off that apple for New York fans? I mean, I can't speak for New York fans, and my 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 most passionate uh, New York Jets take is just that they need to bring back those throwback uniforms as a, as their their uniform. I, I, they're not the only team that needs to do that, but those those old school uniforms look so much better than whatever they're supposed to wear on a weekly basis right now. Um, but no, you know, I wrote about this multiple times last off season at Athlon on, on our website. I wrote about how. At first, it was when he had the calf injury in, in minicamp or, or whenever that happened. And I said, hey, I mean, this, this is what happens when you put all of your eggs in that basket. And I wrote about the comparisons to the, you know, the Tom Brady Bucks and why that was a, a foolish comparison. I, don't, I didn't think that, that those two situations were not equal at all to me. And I, and I think you saw why, because I, I wrote about when, when he did get a little injury scare, like that's how razor thin of a thread their Super Bowl holds are hanging on. If he, if he goes down, it's over. It would have been the same way for the Bucks, but, but I feel like the teams were constructed in such a different way um, that, that when you saw things unravel after Rodgers went down, it just wasn't surprising to me. So, I mean, that, I really think they have no choice but to just try again, and this time hopefully they're going to spend the offseason upgrading the offensive line and keep him protected and, and hopefully avoid it another major injury. Um, but when you do, I mean, again, when you take that kind of a risk and, and all of your eggs are in the basket of, a, of an aging quarterback who, again, nobody will argue that Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest throwers of a football in the history of humanity. Um, but that's, that's the, that's the double-edged sword when, when, when all your hopes are resting on, on a guy who's in his forties. Um, that's, that's a tough tough pill to swallow when it doesn't go your way i don't know that things will be any better or any different they're basically going to end up in the same situation and try to run it back this year and just hope they can deliver on all the hype uh instead of watching it all flame out in the first game luke uh everything that comes out of cam newton's mouth i think is dripping with jealousy that he's you know wasn't valued or you know brock purdy is isn't a top 10 player on his own team so you know ignoring cam here where do you have Brock Purdy among the game's quarterbacks? I mean, he's number one in rating. He's number one in QBR. They're clearly a much better team when he's playing and when he's playing well. Uh, I feel like everyone just, you know, dismisses him because we don't value things that we get for free. And because he went last, I think it's like we always kind of devalue him. I've got him in my top ten pretty comfortably. I got him in my top 10 players playing in the Super Bowl. Where do you have Brock Purdy? Again, the most interesting part of these conversations is always the, the variables and, and the moving goalposts. You can, you know, if you want to stack the best quarterbacks or the most talented or the most successful, and we do this all the time with the, you know, the, the best quarterbacks of all time. You know, Brady is the most accomplished and the most statistically successful, and he's got the most rings, but was he the most talented player was he the best thrower of the foot? You know, I mean, you can have all those conversations you want. Brock Purdy, I don't think, gives a damn, first of all. <laughs> I think he'll take where he's at now and getting his team to the Super Bowl, and you can have all the arguments you want about how many more guys are talented than he is. But I would have a tough time not putting him in my top ten because, uh, again, you can say he's got all the weapons around him. Well, that's great. What happens when there's an offense that has a bunch of weapons and they don't perform because the quarterback sucks? We talk about how much that quarterback isn't a good one because it can't take, he can't take advantage of the weapons around him. And what happens when we talk about a quarterback who can't succeed because of the scheme? Well, you know, it, maybe he's you know, not intelligent enough to, to, to run the offense. Or maybe, well, you've got 
a, a young quarterback who was thrust into a situation where there's so much pressure because you do have so many weapons around you, so you can't not succeed because if you don't, what better situation would you have ever been in to be able to prove yourself? And you're doing it in a very complex offense. Kyle Shanahan's offense is billed as this like quarterback-friendly system and I guess it is in certain ways, but not in terms of the, of the verbiage and the terminology and, and the responsibility that is placed on the quarterback, especially at the line of scrimmage, to make checks, to change protections, to get you in the right looks. That is a very complex system that he has been running so well from the moment he stepped foot in, in that building. So I, I think those are the things, like you said, we, we really don't value things we get for free. And I think we really don't value just because he may not have the strongest arm. Maybe he's not the best athlete but he is the best possible quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers right now. And I feel like everything else is just for clicks and slideshows and, and frankly, so you and I can have a job in a lot of ways. But in terms of what happens on the field, I don't think they care. I think he's the best guy for that job, and that's why they're in this game. Luke Easterling covers the NFL for Athlon Sports and the NFL Draft. You'll get A-plus level content analysis from him uh, Luke, we appreciate you so much. Thanks for the knowledge, man. Love the conversation. Hey, always a good time, Mark. Take care, buddy. Enjoy the game. All right, you too. Uh, our friend Luke Easterling right here on the Fan Upstate. What is coming up next? Well, how about this? We've got the top five at five, the top five biggest sports stories of the day, the top five topics we're discussing, all coming your way next here on Offsides, the Fan Upstate. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.